Acts chapter 15, let's pray. Father, and so much as this is a controversial, we want to get this right. This is critical that we think about this chapter. All your word, Lord. What's, what, what part of your word is unimportant? I mean, Lord, I'm not your editor. I'm just teaching what your word says in truth. And this here, I think, is a huge benefit for us. And I think it's tragic when we get this part wrong. So help us, Lord, to see these things like you want us to see them. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, last week, you know, uh, Paul and Barnabas went like uh, uh, Antioch, Iconium, uh, Derby, Lystra, and they ended up getting stoned. Uh, Paul ended up getting stoned. They wanted to idolize him. They ended up demonizing him. Uh, he got stoned. Did he die? We don't know. We talked about that a little bit last week. And they ended up back in um, Antioch, in what's now modern-day Syria, where they were sent out to begin with. That's how the chapter ends. Okay, here they are, and they're in uh, Antioch, and certain men came down from Judea. You say, that's south of that. Yeah, when... Every time you go to Judea, Jerusalem, you're going up, even if you're not going up, okay? They, it's, it's not physical up, it's... They say if you're going in a plane over Jerusalem and you parachute down to Jerusalem, you're going up to Jerusalem, okay? It's not... Because it's up, you know, towards God. To, that's the kind of way they... So they came... So if you're leaving Judea or Jerusalem where Judea is... Jerusalem's in Judea. If you're leaving that, you're going down, okay? Just think down east. Just, you got it. Okay. Certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. Is this critical? Listen, this is what has to do with your salvation. This is, okay, we still have men from Judea coming down today. And the issue is generally not circumcision, but they have a lot of, now listen, if you, I know people, you don't tithe, you're going straight to hell. Because Malachi says if you don't tithe, you're robbing God. And then they list in 1 Corinthians where it says, no idolater or sexually immoral or thieves or covetous. Remember it says all that? So they put this formula together, tithing equals salvation, non-tithing equals damnation. And people are, you know, you really have to worship on the Sabbath. If you're not worshiping on the Sabbath, you're, that's the mark of the beast. And, and so we still have people coming down from whatever and telling us this is the methodology of salvation, okay? And it, you have to do this. This is not extra stuff. This is what constitutes heaven. And if you don't do this, hell. And that's all there is to it. You've run into these people. They're on Facebook. They're on YouTube. They're in your life. They're in your face. This is critical. Christians, these are, we're going to find out some of these people are Christians here. And Christians have a tough time with the grace of God. I do. <laughs> Christians have a tough time with the grace of God. Nobody's ever loved me like this. And you're looking at God and you're saying, he said, I love you. And you're like, uh, you shouldn't. <laughs> I get it. We have a tough time with the grace of God. We always want to stick our finger in it and add something to what God has already done. And I've said this unapologetically. When we're talking about salvation, Jesus plus anything, fill in the blank, equals heresy. Whatever you put after Jesus now, faith in Jesus, repentance from sin. We, we get that, okay? That's scripture, and I got, how many verses do you need, or how many do you want? But people want to add, well, yeah, Jesus plus regeneration in baptism. Jesus plus, and they want to just add a list of things that you need to add to Jesus Christ. You go to a church that adamantly, not just me, the whole denomination, adamantly, Stands against that. Let's go on. And why, well, why do you get that? This chapter. We haven't made much time, have we? Except you're circumcised, okay? What is circumcision? It's cutting off the foreskin uh, of, of males. 
uh, there is female circumcision. Say, well, how could that be? It's mutilation. You, know, you can read about it. It's awful. It's it's horrible. Um, some Islamic sects still practice it. It's story for another time. Therefore, Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation among them, with them. They determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem under the apostles and elders about this question. Okay, so they had no small dissension and disputation with them. This was not a tiff. This was a Donnybrook. This is not a dust-up. This is a knockdown drag-out. Okay? This is Angry people, red faces, veins sticking out of your forehead, yelling at the top of your lungs kind of stuff. No small dis dispute. Well, okay, how are we going to settle this? Because there's brothers and there's brothers. Hey, can I meet you halfway on this? Wait a second. <laughs> Let me just emphasize this. No! <laughs> there is no. Uh, I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus Christ saves you from all your sins. Are you saying, well, yeah, Jesus plus. There's no middle ground here. There is none whatsoever. And don't you, trying to be conciliatory, do that with your wife about dinner plans. Meet her halfway. That's Fine. I am that kind of person who I love to meet you in the middle somewhere, and I, I want to. You can't. This isn't your gospel. You have no right to change this. You can't mess with this. We got to go and we got to get uh, some uh, backup on this. We got to go to the the experts, and this is what Paul and Barnabas are doing. We're going to go back to Jerusalem, and we're going to check with the apostles and the elders. Do you think? Peter, James, and John, because James is dead at this time. Do you think that they would know they were with the master for three years? He taught them about, he said, go out with this message. What is the message? You think they would know? So they're doing a very, very wise thing. They're going back to the, because here, I, I'm sure they're saying, oh no, well this verse says, oh yeah, yeah, but this verse says, you, you know how that is? Because you do it on Facebook. Because you do it on, in, I know religious people. I know Pharisees who are trying to tell me, yeah, Jesus is all well and good, but also, and the but also is the part you need the most. You, you, am, I, am I the only one? No. We, we all have this in our lives. So they brought, they brought on their way by the church. Okay, who? Paul and Barnabas and certain others. So we have a, a group going down, and they're brought on their way by the church. They passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, northern Israel, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy unto all the brethren. Why? Because when you hear about somebody getting saved, it causes great joy. Grace is joyful. Jesus loves you. Why? Because he loves you. Because he, he just, he looks at you as the apple of his eye. You are a treasure to him. He looked at the cross, he said, worth it, worth it all. Uh, I love them. So much, God says, I sent my, I, my only begotten son. Man, that's awesome. That's a message of joy. That will bring joy into your life. You want rules? Listen, from now on, I, you guys are way too sloppy for my taste. I want all the women in dresses. I want all the guys coat and tie from now on. Say, so where do you read that? That's just the way it is. You give your best to the Lord because, you know, in the Old Testament, the priests, they had all this regalia. They were dressed a certain way when they were in worship. And I can build my case like anyone can. And they're all thinking, oh, joy. Rules always bring, really? I got to do what now? You're calling me to do what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe in tithing, okay? Well, I... I, I do and I don't, but we, we practice it. But here's, here's the thing. From now on, everyone who gives, we're going to write it out, on, and I'm going to produce a, a sheet, and we'll put it up in the foyer when you come in, who you are and how much you gave. <coughs> Yay! And you're thinking, ugh. And anyone who doesn't give here now, they're mortified. And people who give are mortified. We don't want that. We don't want rules. Get, get out of here with your rules. I know, right? I, I understand. I wholeheartedly understand. We, rules don't bring joy. They say, hey, this is what happened, this is what happened, this is what happened. And they cause great joy and all. You know what God's been doing? And we get great joy. When they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church yeah, and of the apostles and elders. Yes, and they declared all things that God had done with them. 
I bet that caused great joy too. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed. We have Pharisees, they were brought up in Judaism and they believed in Jesus. Paul was a, such a Pharisee. He was brought up at the feet of Gamaliel and he was converted to Christianity. He met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Uh, roll, uh, Book of Acts chapter 9, we went over that. He's such a man. He understands all the rules. He understands how they think. They rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and command them to keep the law of Moses. So we have, what do, what do you think these are, the Ten Suggestions? Has anyone ever heard that? The Ten Commandments. I'll tell you that right now. Don't you feel great? Uh, no, we generally don't. Rules are, uh, I, I'm going to more on the rules here. I'm going to keep visiting that. You've got to be circumcised. Now, would that substantially change your gospel presentation? I mean, if you believe that people had to be circumcised. I want you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and he will cleanse you from all your sins. And you're like, someone's like convicted with sin, saying, oh, praise the Lord. You mean I can like start over like being born again? Yes, exactly. You can be a new creation in Christ. Oh, yeah. By the way, you have to be circumcised. I got it. What? Does that substantially change the gospel? We ain't doing that anymore. I mean, I don't see anyone who's because it's so utterly defeated here, so people just kind of change the rules. Yeah, it's needful to circumcise them. That's follower of Abraham. God gave that to Abraham. Who do you think you ought to change it and say we don't have to do it anymore? And the apostles and elders came together for to consider this matter. When they had been much disputing, I think it's days. Looks like it's all handled in one. I bet there's days. I bet they go back to the hotel, freshen up, <laughs> you know, redouble up on their argumentation, look, look at verses, hopefully pray. Much disputing. This is much to argue about. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I ain't meeting you halfway. So I'm with Paul and Barnabas. They come down and say, I don't care what the elders say because I ain't, I ain't there. I, got, I know what God wants. I, I, I am so submissive to the elders in my life. Not the elders just in this church, but like, you know, other churches and like my, my pastor. If I'm running wrong theologically, you tell Ken. <laughs> I, I welcome it. And what I was, if he says, oh, no, Adam, you're all wrong about this, you have to, I have to, I'm going to have to reconsider what I'm thinking here. This, what we're discussing here, is a non-negotiable. There's no, there's, no, there's no, again, no meeting halfway. When there was much disputing, Peter rose up, and I'm glad Peter did, and said unto them, men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. What are you talking about? I'm talking about Acts chapter 10, Cornelius. This is many years ago now, because we don't, in Acts, always understand how much time is passing. Here, and he's saying, you remember that Cornelius episode? And he goes, he goes on to say, and God, with, which knowing the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. So I'm preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on them, saved them, and they were converted to Christianity. And he, the, the inference here is we didn't bring scalpels with us. Okay, there was no... Spirit of God said, yep, they're mine too. And there was no any extracurricular activity. And he put no difference between us and them. Us Jews and them Gentiles is the idea. Purifying their hearts by faith. Now that's important. We have a message of faith. It's not an activity gospel. There will be activity once you're saved, but that's not how you get saved. Well, I've been given to the church for a million years and you're... You go tell God, look at all the money I gave. And he's like, yeah, did you believe in Jesus? No, I just thought my giving was good enough. You can go to hell. Don't say that cavalier. I mean, that's the gospel. You don't get saved by giving money. You just do not. 
Now therefore, why tempt you God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? Peter's coming up with this. He says, why are you trying to get them to do what we could never do? People ask me, do we have to keep the Ten Commandments? Do we have to walk on water? <laughs> You're asking me. You can't. Yeah, but go ahead and try. I mean, they're good commandments, okay? And you're right. They're not suggestions. They're good. What God said, you know what? You really probably don't want to steal. You, you get that, right? You, you, don't, you, 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 you want to honor God. You want to put him first in your life. You get that, right? No idolatry. Can you keep the commandments? No. Sorry to throw you under the bus. No. No. I've never met anyone yet. Well, you say, well, now since I've been saved and the Holy Spirit's come to live in my life, now I'm doing a lot better than I used to do. I bet that's true. It's true in my life. Uh, I, Adam, are you telling us you live sin-free? Not even. I didn't even joke about such a thing. I still can't keep all the commandments. I still can't. Look at And then we go past the 10. It was 213, 218, I never remember. Commandments, do's and don'ts in the Old Testament. Am I keeping all of them? No. No. Most of them I don't even think about or try. You, you mean you boil a, a, a kid in its mother's milk? Uh, I don't boil kids, but small goats. <laughs> I don't boil any kids of any kind, right? I don't, some I don't even think about or worry about or anything, okay? I, no, I do not keep a kosher diet. We had ham on Christmas, spiral ham. Yum all. Good work, babe. Oh, my goodness. She's, I, she takes care of me. Let's just put it that way. You can't. Do you understand that? He says we could never do it. Paul, the Pharisee, could never do it. Peter, he was kosher. He was Jewish. He could never do it. He's saying, why, why are we trying to get them to do what I could never do, we could never do? None of us could do it. And did anyone say, what are you talking about? We're all keeping all the laws. Did anyone say that? Because if you're honest, you ain't going to even joke about that. People come up to me all the time. Oh, you're supposed to worship on the Sabbath. Uh, you, you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to do it. You're supposed to, like, like, you're not doing it. People come up to me, you're supposed to be faith, and faith moves mountains and heals me. You're not doing it. You're not doing the thing that you're telling me to do. Nobody is. Uh, you're supposed to keep, hey, 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 if you see my, I just said you shouldn't steal, right? You get that, right? You see me stealing, you should probably say something. No, I'm serious. That's fine. Somebody who's less than perfect is going to have to tell me where I'm being less than perfect. That's the way it works. I mean, that's the way it works. If I have a friend and he's committed adultery, I'm going to get in his face because I love him and say, hey, don't do that. You are messing up. You don't understand how... We read Second Samuel 11 and 12 and we looked at David. And that was... That messed him up. That messed up the kingdom. That messed up his family. It messed up Uriah. It messed up Bathsheba. There was no plus in that whole equation whatsoever. I'm going to love somebody enough to tell them that. You say, well, I'm supposed to keep the whole lot? Yeah, but you can't. We get it. That's why I keep short accounts. When I mess up, when I find out my attitudes are bad or whatever, I immediately confess. But anyway, I'm not getting very far, am I? Why are you tempting God? That's what they're doing. Why are you trying to get them to do what can't ever be done? We believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. <laughs> the way that uh, I was just preaching the gospel, the Holy Spirit fell on them. We have access to that too. You see how he inverted it? Not they can be saved like us. We can get saved like them without any works involved, just believing in Jesus Christ. I love, I love that. Is this, so the argument's over. It's over. Go back. You lost. Change your attitude. Change your mind. But you, it's, it's, it's not. People still arguing. And all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonder God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. Hey, we, weren't, we, weren't, we didn't bring a, a scalpel with us. We weren't circumcising people. We just tell them about Jesus. Did they tell them about the impotent man? Did they tell them about him getting the guy who couldn't never walk? 
who, who is impotent in his feet, I should say. And they, he said, uh, hey, rise up and walk. I saw that he had faith, and he got up, and then they try to make, uh, they try to, like, a sacrifice us. Are you, are you kidding me? Y'all, really, man? And we told him, hey, we're just regular people like you guys. And then they stole me, and then I got up. And did he tell them the whole, all the stuff that had happened, all the, you know, the guy who, you know, he's really wise, and he wanted to hear the gospel. And then that Elimus, the sorcerer, he, he came against us, and I put him in blindness. And you did what? Yeah, I told him he couldn't see anymore, and so he was instantly blind. And he's telling him all things God had done. What is that an example of? God was with us. He was blessing our message, our message that had nothing to do with circumcision. That's a powerful testimony. Why would God bless your heresy. So he's saying, you know, they're rehearsing all that God had done, and, and, and again, there's great joy. So they finish, and they wind up, and after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, men and brethren, hearken unto me. He said, James, he was beheaded. Not that James. This is James, the brother of the Lord, also the one who wrote the, God, uh, the uh, epistle of James. He's a brother of the Lord. Yeah, half-brother. Same mom, different dad. You'd figure that out, right? Saying Jesus had brothers and, yeah, they're listed, okay? Uh, no problem whatsoever, uh, unless you uh, ascribe to a certain religion who wants to make Mary perpetually a virgin forever. There's no scripture for that, whatever. I don't think that, by the way, is, makes her less. All you women who have children, somehow you're bad? I don't think so. There's no scripture that says that anything re remotely resembling that. So now James is answering, and he said, Simeon hath declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles, take out of them a people for his name. Simeon, who's that? You think it was some prophet he's referring to? I thought, oh, Peter, Simon Peter. Why is he using his... Jewish name. Because the Jewish question is that Jerusalem. And he's talking to Pharisaical, so he uses his Jewish name. Simeon, Peter, back from verse 7. He declared how God at the first did visit Gentiles, take out of them a people for his name. To this agree the words of the prophet, as is written. James has something so wonderful. I love James. I love his epistle. I love everything about James. He's called James the Just. He has his nickname, O Camel Knees, because he prayed so much that he, grew, he developed these huge calluses on his knees. He's just talking to his older brother all the time. And he's a man of prayer. And he's a man of integrity. And he's looking at the Old Testament. He looks at a place, uh, Amos chapter 9. And this is, he answers a question that I think is there, but not, it's there and it's not there. He's, he's answering a question that it, nobody's posing. And, to, he's, and he's quoting from Amos 9, to this degree the words of the prophets, as is written, after this I will return, I will build again the tabernacles of David, which has fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up. That the residue of men might seek after the Lord, and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. So he's quoting scripture. And because the question that nobody's asked is, if Israel, if it's not circumcision, if it's not keeping the law of Moses, what's, what's to be done about Israel? And what is this? I, I will return. Who's saying that through the mouth of the prophet? God, Jesus Christ. He's going to return. He's going to build again the temp tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. And so people say, well, see, it's the church age, and after God sets aside Israel, and when Jesus comes back, he's going to set up the tabernacle, the temple, right? And if you don't know that, you didn't read the last eight chapters of the book of Ezekiel. And, well, how come you weren't with us in a study? That was awesome. That was incredible. God spoke through that. Anyway, and, and I talk about like people that, that there's going to be a, a temple when Jesus comes back and they all look at me like, what are you talking about? And there's going to be animal sacrifices. I say, what are you talking about? I'm saying, what are you not? How come you don't know that? It's in Ezekiel. It's clearly stated. You say, well, that's figurative language. No, 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 no. And here it says the same thing, Right? Uh, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I'll set it up. I don't think he's saying that, by the way. I think he's talking about Jesus Christ. He's going to come. He's going to, uh, I will return, is the Holy Spirit on Acts chapter 2. And he is building again the tabernacle, the dwelling place, which is you and me, the church, which has fallen down. Why? Because they're not a kingdom anymore. Remember, are you going to restore the kingdom at this time? It's not for you to know, Jesus said. Don't worry about the day and the hour. Just go out and preach the gospel. 
what, you, what you're doing is you're, you're billing again through David, right, through the son of David, that which has fallen down, that which has been discarded. Uh, I look at that like it started at Pentecost, and it's going to reach its ultimate fulfillment when Jesus returns and sets up his tabernacle, etc. Uh, and there's a big thing about he's misquoted, he's misquoting Amos and Masoretic texts, and all. I don't think you have to know about that. If he's interested, you go look at it. Um, I think he's ad-libbing a little bit, and he's using it in a way that this is what we can take out of that. What what. And he's not quoting it exactly, but uh, so he's he's summoning summoning up here. No one known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. He knew this. He called this from the beginning that Israel's going to be set aside for a while. They they don't have a kingdom at this time of this writing. But the kingdom's going to be in the hearts of men through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, I'm millennials say there's no kingdom. There's no God. God's kingdom is now. Well, I agree. His kingdom is now. I disagree with they say he's not going to set up a kingdom at the end of the age. There's chapters and verses and lots on that. Again, if you've been traveling with us the whole way, you're very aware of that. Wherefore my sentence is, wait, wait, wait. My sentence, he's the judge. He's got the robes. He's banging the gavel, guilty or innocent. What, he, he's going to make a determination. Say, whoa, 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 whoa. Who do you think you are? He is the head of the Jerusalem council. He's the head of the church at Jerusalem. Peter is not. So crash goes to any pope, first pope theology. And I'll just point that out to you because there are people who say, well, Peter was this and a bit. Not, Peter didn't know it. James is saying, this is my ruling. And he had the authority. He listened to all the stuff. He knows what scripture says. Obviously, he prayed about it. And now, this is what you need to know. My sentence is that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are turned to God. That's a great place for an amen. Look, put the scalpel down. We ain't doing it your way. This is the gospel, unfettered by any of your mosaic you have to understand this is how do you share the gospel come to faith in Jesus Christ you say do you ever mention rules do you tell your friends don't boil a kid in its mother's milk why don't you do that because of this ruling it's that it's that big it's that earth-shattering Hey, I, I, this is my sentence. We're not going to trouble them. Pete, you said right. Why should we try to get them to do what we've never been able to do? We're going to write unto them they abstain from pollutions of idols, from fornication, from things strangled, and from blood. For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach them, preach him, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. Then pleased at the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men to their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, surnamed Barsabbas and Silas, chief men among the brethren. So I was watching a YouTube video, and the guy said, see, he was a Jewish roots person, he said, see, you guys learned Acts 15 all wrong. He didn't put away the law. He gave them just, this is the law you need. Salvation equals faith in Jesus Christ. Now that you're a believer, you've got to do these things. How many of you read these and kind of scratch your head and, wait, what? You got, I got a what? This, you can't compromise the gospel. Can you compromise your lifestyle in such a way that it blesses God? We're called on to do that in both the Old Testament and the New Testament say, what are you talking about? Do you, you know when in the Bible says, you know, uh, don't do anything that puts a rock of offense or a stumbling block in front of anybody? So you have a Jewish friend you're trying to reach with the gospel, right? Put the pork chops away when you have them over for dinner, right? Serve lamb, yum, right? Or if you're going to do steak, you're going to char it. You're going <laughs> to cook it so there's no blood left anywhere near it, okay? Uh, yuck, but, you know, but how about spaghetti? Okay, they, that's great, you know, it, that's fine. Everyone's good with spaghetti. Uh, or tacos or whatever, you know. There's a lot of different ways you go about it. Uh, uh, spiral ham, not so much. Well, I can, listen, I, I've heard you before, Adam. I'm going to tell you something, though, because you're kind of legalist, too. Uh, 
I like to have a beer every once in a while. And you're saying, oh, you know, you shouldn't do that because you're going to stumble somebody. And Yeah, the Bible says that. I don't want to stumble anybody. You want to drink a beer? Psh, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care. You get an alcoholic over for supper? Don't, don't drink beer. Don't offer him one. That would be really a hateful thing to do, wouldn't it? You see, you see that. Most people see the common sense in that. I, I, I can drink beer. You say, I'm thinking, Compromise. Meet them halfway. It's called love. It's a wonderful thing. And I think these rules are along this. And they, somebody's going to say, Adam, wait a second. They got these out of the Old Testament. Uh, the last two anyway. The first thing, do you, anyone have a problem with abstaining from uh, the pollutions of idols? You shouldn't be an idol worshiper and a Christian. You shouldn't worship two gods. <laughs> Everyone agree on that? Okay. You've got to at least meet me this far, okay? Uh, fornication, sex, sin. Because I know you go to the temple... Uh, meeting with the prostitutes, and that's your form of worship, and that's come to an end, okay? We're not going to do any of that, all right? Which is, by the way, an extension of idolatry. And the other two really have more to do with Jewish people and how they behave. Listen, I want you to meet, meet them halfway, okay? Hey, hey, hey I, I buy the meat from the temple. It's good meat, and I don't care if they offered it to an idol. I get it for half price, and it's nothing wrong with it. It's going to be something wrong with it to your Jewish friends. Don't do that. Don't abstain from the blood, okay? Don't, when, when, you, when you hang out with them, do, do it kosher, okay? In other words, and from things strangled, because when you strangle an animal, they still have the blood. So I think the first two are generally the same thing. The second two are generally the same thing. And some of them say, well, Adam, Leviticus 17, 18, 19, all that through there tells them this. When people come into Israel, they got to live a certain way. And I think that's, again, compromise. Because God's saying, no, 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 they've been brought up a certain way. You're going to be so offensive to them that you're not going to ever be able to, I want you to meet them halfway. And I'm thinking compromise is a wonderful thing. Sometimes you can't compromise the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not yours to compromise. You can't meet somebody halfway. There is no halfway. It's, it's, it's Jesus and the blood of Jesus or nothing. And that once they start adding rules, then there's no end to them. And you're back in 213 rules. Uh, you think it's easy. Uh, it's not. Uh, you, you, there's books and books on just how to keep the Sabbath. And you know there's writings. We've talked about this in the past. You know, Ten Commandments, keep the Sabbath, holy, no work, right? Say, well, what about this? What about this? What, they have to write, you know, they get down to carrying weight less than two figs, two dry figs. That's not work. You can't take a bath on the Sabbath. You'll spill water on the floor. You're washing the floor. Saying, that's silly. My point entirely. My point entirely. Uh, women, the very sexist commandment here, women can't look in a mirror on the Sabbath. They see a gray or white hair, they might be tempted to pluck it, and that would be reaping. You're saying, <laughs> you're joking. I, I wish, would that I were. Would that I were. Now, you guys look in the mirror every day of the week. I can tell. You got hair looking like combed it with firecrackers. You, you looked in the mirror. I'm glad you did. You look nice. Right? And there's no prohibition whatsoever. Once you start in with the rules, where do you stop? I said earlier, women got to wear a dress. Well, how long does a dress have to be? What kind of material? What? And we go on and on and on and on. Me? Psh, color outside the lines. I'm not a rules guy. I, I'm very legalistic in my own life. There's places I won't. For you? Psh, go for it. You and God figure out what you got to do. I'm not going to do it. So I was listening to this guy, and he was like, well, see, you don't need anything for salvation, but now the rules, now the keeping the commandments, now the, and here's the, here's the opening foray. Just keep these four. Because Moses preached everywhere, so you'll pick up all the other stuff you need along the way. Uh, there was like 205 likes and six dislikes. Now there's seven dislikes, okay? I, I don't even care. Whatever you post, I don't care. I care about that. I, I should have wrote a whole dissertation, but I didn't care that much. And I was looking on YouTube, and there's some people who like, oh, see, you know, Christian church, they're all into not legalism and stuff like that. They didn't get the message. 
No, we got it loud and clear. You didn't get it. And you think that would go away, but he just reintroduced what Peter said you can't do. I've never been able to. Paul says, I've never been able to. Uh, the council said, we've never been able to. And I have this guy on YouTube saying, yeah, you've got to do all that stuff that nobody can do. Really? Why hasn't that gone away? We've got to keep hitting legalism every time we're near it, take another swing at it. it maybe someday it'll go away. But the human condition is such that we want to add to our own salvation. We want to have a hand in our own salvation. Listen, you can't. That's all there is to it. So it pleased the apostles, the elders with the whole crowd, to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, not that Judas, Judas surnamed Barsabbas, and Silas, chief men among the brethren. Now this is where Silas and Paul end up together, okay? And they wrote letters by them after this manner. So we have an epistle going around. Hey, this is our determination. Stop that with your attitudes about, look, they wrote a letter by them after this manner. The apostles and elders and brethren send greetings unto the brethren which are... Um, of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. For as much as we have heard that certain went out from, from us, they have troubled you with words. Rules are troublesome, always. Subverting your souls, and they undermine faith in God. Susan was just talking about this somewhere right before church. At the end of the day, the blood of Jesus Christ is not enough is subversion of your soul. There's no middle ground here. They were specifically to wit, saying, you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandments. Well, they came with that message, but let me tell you something. We didn't send them with that message. It says, every godly man who's ever lived, every godly woman. We're all on the same page about this. Um, what about those, didn't we already discuss that those, uh, um, verse 5, rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed? They're believing Pharisees. Look, I was a believing Catholic. I mean, I was a Catholic and I got saved. And I still had a lot of residual Catholicism. I brought up in the church. And I had a lot of rules. And I had a lot of ways of doing stuff. And it wasn't easy for me to accept the gospel of grace. I did eventually, I mean, because it's the only one that works for me. Yeah. And I realized that keeping rules was, and, but it was over a while. And I think everyone will come to that place if they le let the Holy Spirit do the work in their lives. If you're laboring on the rules and do's and don'ts still, that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm challenging you. Get rid of it. It, it, it's subverting your soul. You trying to earn salvation is subverting your soul. Acu according to this wonderful book here, uh, it seemed good to uh, it seemed good to us uh, being assembled one accord to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. They've gone over the empire. They took their lives in their hands. Why? To say you've got to be circumcised? No, to say you've got to be believe in Jesus Christ. That's a message worth dying for. Circumcision, a message worth dying for? Not in my book. I don't want to die on that hill, obviously. They've hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2019. Hazard your life for the name of Jesus Christ. And you'll be in a bestseller. Be all the way around the world, right? No, it's already written. Your name will be much set of in heaven. I wonder about people who have, like, laid down their lives for the gospel, and are they, like, I mean, Jesus is the only superstar in heaven, right? We get that. Is their name much set by? I wonder. There's obviously rewards that have gone on ahead. Uh, and we live our lives petty and selfish and all about ourselves. We're going to be in heaven for a long time. We're here for a very short time. We have sent, therefore, Judas and Silas, uh, who shall also tell you the same thing by mouth. Okay, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, maybe word be established. So we're sending you these guys. We're sending the letter. We're telling you this is how we feel about this, and it should settle it. 
For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. And he tells the four that ye abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication. For which if you keep yourselves, you shall do well, fare you well. Okay, I'll give you these four rules, and if you do them, you're going to be saved. No, <laughs> no, if you keep them, you're going to do well. Do well how? With your Jewish brothers. Listen, you're living in, among Jewish people. Do at least this, okay? This will make everything smoother, everything better. Will it save you? It will not. And he's not promising it's saving you. You're going to do well, okay? Well, what should I do? You know, should I do this? Should I do this? Uh, I, I got to, you know, what, what, what do I got to? Uh, hey, relax. Here's a few things. Hey, hey, do you have people who are like a certain way and a certain, and you're trying to meet them halfway? Uh, if I talk to Catholics, I don't start off with, Mary's not perpetually virgin. I mean, you know, you play that card later on, and if somebody asks you something straight and look you right in the eye, you got to tell them. But don't you try to build a bridge? Don't try to meet people halfway. Don't you try to? I think that's a godly and a good thing. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to pretend I'm something I'm not. I don't want to ever lie. But I want to talk about the commonalities. I want to do well. Didn't. Paul say, you know, to a Gentile, I'm, I'm like a Gentile. To the Jews, I became like those who are under, under the law. I'm all things to all men that I might reach some. I get that. You get that, right? Uh, and I want to meet people where, I, where, they can, where we can talk, where we have a basis of discussion. And I don't be, you know, you're going to do well if you do these things, he's saying. It, he doesn't give them as a rule for this is how you're going to get saved. Okay, and then again, we get the big four. Now, if you don't live in a Jewish community, if you don't have a lot of Jewish friends and stuff like this, you should probably still stay away from idolatry, okay? <laughs> Definitely fornication, bad, really bad ideas, really going to mess up your life. What about things strangled? Or thi you know, hot, kosher diet laws? I, no. Again, God invented bacon. Did he invent it for food? No, but we're using it that way. Praise God. I, I, you know, I look at my Big Mac and ask God's blessing and that it might nourish and strengthen us. It's always, I always say, I get that somewhere. I always use that. If Big Mac's going to strengthen you and <laughs> give you nutrition. <laughs> that is a miracle. But, I, but anyway, have, having said all that, I, 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 don't, I don't keep Jewish dietary laws. And if you do, God bless you. If you're a vegan or a Vegetarian, I don't care, that's fine, wonderful, yay. No, no, I'm serious, I'm serious. Do whatever you want, you know, because it comes down to the end of the day, it comes down to health, and, you know, you can read anything about, and this guy will say this and this guy, and then you read the next thing, he'll say the exact opposite. And I'm not a medical person, I'll tell you that right now. And a lot of people think, well, we'll keep Jewish dietary laws, we'll live a healthy life. And I gotta tell you something, Jewish people die too. No, they really do, and they get... They get like heart failure and they get cancer and things like that also, just, just in case you're wondering. Uh, but take your, take your, don't die too early. Do healthy things. I'm, I'm not against any of that stuff, um, but I'm, I'm chasing a rabbit here. If you do these things, you're going to do well. Farewell. When they were dismissed, they came to Antioch, and when they gathered them all two together, they delivered the epistle which when they read, they rejoiced for the consolation. Because this is a gospel of grace. It's a rejoicing thing. Today, if you're going to hell, in the next five minutes, you can be on your way to heaven. That is subject for rejoicing. Uh, okay, I'll give you the first set of rules, and you're going to have to keep these and do a really good job of it. Now I'm going to give you the next set of rules next week. I'll give you the next... Uh, we don't want that. Isn't God good? I mean, I love the gospel of Jesus Christ. Isn't God good? They rejoiced for the consolation. Judas and Silas, being prophets, also themselves exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. Great. And after they had tarried their space, they were let go in peace from the uh, brethren unto the apostles. Notwithstanding, it pleased Silas to abide there still. Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. So there's a season of teaching, of blessing, and some days after, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go again and visit the brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. He's this real pastor's heart. I want to see if they're continuing in the things of the Lord. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. This is Mark who wrote the Gospel of Mark, okay? He ends up in a really good place. Here, not so much. Paul thought not good to take 
him with them who departed. And the word departed here is a pejorative. It means punked out. It means did a disappearing act. He's not blessing. He's, he's, he's saying something negative about. He departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. Hey, now, where do we take that guy? I, I ain't taking him. He, he left us high and dry last time. And Barnabas, son of consolation, well, he's young. Give him another chance. By the way, he's his uncle. Barnabas is John Mark's uncle. Hey, this is the big leagues, Paul says. We ain't got time to, you know, when he's, where he's supposed to be, give me a, you know, let me know. But until then, well, you know, I got, we got stuff to do. We can't be, you know, if he needs to be burped after being fed, I'll say, we got we get time for this foolishness. So there's a, there's a big, dis- and the contention was so sharp between them. It sounds like the beginning of the chapter, sharp contention, right? And they departed asunder, one from the other, and so Barnabas took Mark and sailed into Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and, de- and departed, being recommended by the grace of God, recommended uh, by the brethren under the grace of God. And they went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. What happened? They split. Barnabas says, I'm taking Mark. He goes, well, you'll take him by yourself. So he did, he goes. And Paul, he takes Silas and off they go. Is this a problem? Well, God used it for good. Now instead of one missionary team, you get two missionary teams, right? That's good. And some will say, well, Satan came against them and see what Satan tried to thwart the plan of God. It, there's still a problem. You have two brothers who were so sharp and so divisive, they split up. A friend of mine called me the other day and said, yeah, my neighbor, and he gave me this situation where I got to go talk to him, and, you know, we're having this, we're at loggerhead and stuff like this. I, I know, he says, no big deal. It's just a, oh, it's a very, very, very big deal. I told him he was wrong. <laughs> Use words like that. You're wrong. I said, no, you're wrong about this. It's a relationship. It's a huge deal. Love God with your whole heart and soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbors yourself. It's a very, very big deal. I said, so I, I prayed for him over the phone, and I had a situation. I said, can you pray for me? So he was praying for me. It was good. And the next day, when he called, I said, so how'd it go? And it didn't go really good. And I was really, in my spirit, really like, oh, it's a very big deal. Paul and Barnabas didn't have a meeting of the minds. Where's, what verses were they looking on? He said, well, no verse. What, okay, what about the prayer? Was there prayer? That, I don't know. Did they, did they meet each other halfway? Was there any kind of, because this isn't the gospel, y'all. This isn't like uh, who died for who and what and what constitutes salvation. This is who we're going to take on a trip with us. And I don't think they did right here. I hate to call out Paul and Barnabas like I'm something. I don't, I don't think they did right. I think God blessed, and because all things work together for good to them, I love the Lord, and the call according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to become under the likeness of the image of his son. God working, and it's all good that way, but I don't think they were good. I don't think they did the right thing. Where's, where's the, well, you know, Scripture says that we should, well, I know, but we've got to give, and here's my verses, and this is why. I think at the beginning of this chapter, there was a sharp division, and they did it the right way. They looked to scripture. They looked to leadership. Who are you listening to? Are you listening to the Word of God? Are you listening to older brothers and sisters? Well, I got this friend that I've known uh, since I was in junior high school. Hey, listen, uh, uh, the thing she's saying, to you, she told me I got to leave my husband. He's such a bad guy, and I got to... She's still in junior high school. She's never graduated. She's still... And you're listening to that? That's crazy. Listen to the Word of God. Listen to all the brothers. Listen to the voice of the Spirit of God. You know, hey, God told us, and we agree with the Spirit, that this is how it ought to go. Can you write that about, like, how you decided? Or are you like, so, oh, no, uh, I can't, no, 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 I, I'm not, I'm not meaning you have a, this is how it's going to be, and this is, people do it all the time. There's like a million Baptist denominations. Let me pick on Baptists. There's Southern Baptists, American Baptists, there's Conservative Baptists, there's Baptists of all, every flavor and denomination. What happened? I can't meet you halfway on this. Forget it, I'm starting my own church. And, there's, and there are all the different brands, all the different ones out there. It's a laughing stock. People look at us and say, you can't even get along. I can. I can. I, I'm the original, can I meet you halfway on this? Can we... Can we agree to disagree agreeably? Do we have to start name calling? Do we have to start, do we have to go our separate ways in a huff? 
Oh, not at all. I think they're messing up. I think at the beginning of the chapter, they're doing the right thing. And, it's, and it shows us like, okay, we do this God's way, primo. We've got verses. We've got prophets speaking into our lives. We've got uh, testimony. We've got all the things that, that we're looking for to, so we can determine the will of God. And then the end of the story, we got, we're at cross purposes. No, I'm not listening to you. You can't tell me. I, and now we get... Paul and Barnabas are splitting up. This is worse than the Beatles' breakup, okay? This is way worse. I just can't see it your way. Well, how about, like, we get together as a group and pray and say, okay, listen, I don't, I don't get this, but if you want them, why don't you go? And, they, and everyone lays hands and prays, and we're all good, and everything's good. And Don't be so hard-headed. Don't be so stubborn. Be very stubborn about the gospel. Be very stubborn about, stubborn about the Bible. The things where we can cooperate, things we can get along with, get along. Relationships are like uber important. Let's stand, let's pray. Chapter starts out great, doesn't end up so great, right? By the way, this changes the Western world, this second missionary trip. This is, this, this is a, a world history changer, okay? Just whet your appetite for next time. They go into Europe. I'm looking across the room. Most of us European descent, right? This changes so much. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we don't want to compromise on the gospel, but we want to be people of compromise. We, wanna, we don't want to compromise our principles. We don't want to compromise your word. But Lord, help us not to be so pighead and so stubborn. I see that on, on Facebook. We have our little, we get in our little tiffs all the time, our debates, our silliness. And Lord, we take stands where you never told us to take a stand. And then sometimes the place where we're supposed to stand, Lord, we get kind of wimpy on. Help us, Lord, to sort these things out in the new year, to be exactly where you want us to be with the exact amount of vehemence and exact amount, but always to be gracious and to speak the truth in love. And Lord, we thank you that for this wonderful chapter, we ask you to bless it to us and once and for all have done with rules and regulations equaling salvation. Lord, we, we revel in the blood of your son has cleansed us from all sin. We thank and praise you for this great gospel, this gospel of grace. Uh, bless our understanding of these things. In Jesus' name, amen.